1: Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, I am your host, Chris Maselli, giving you another episode chock full of Colorado Avalanche News. And before we get to all of that, first things first, social media follow the show on the Twitter machine at L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche over on Instagram just search Locked On Avalanche and send emails with questions, comments, concerns, issues just to say hi over at lockedonavalanche@gmail.com. at gmail.com so still getting people uh, requesting to be on the show for the Fandom Fridays which is absolutely fantastic so uh, I'm continuing to book those and uh, yeah we'll ride that out as long as we possibly can the more people that want to come on uh, the better and I'm getting people from kind of all over the country which is great um, yeah I mean it's nice to see how the far the Avalanche fandom can reach it's not just in the you know the state of Colorado and and that's true for you know the games that I go to on the East Coast when I see and play the Rangers when I, when I just went to go see and play the Devils uh, they're well represented and that's pretty much for all Colorado teams when I go to Broncos games out here um I haven't gone to see him in a couple years, but the last time I did was against the New York Jets, and there was a lot of orange in the crowd. I think it helped that the Jets weren't too good. The Jets ended up beating them, Um, but, yeah, a lot of orange in the crowd. You feel kind of right at home when you're watching a Bronco game in uh, the Meadowlands, at least against the Jets. Um, So, yeah, so keep sending those emails in if you want to be on the show, and uh, we'll get you booked. So... We're gonna to start tonight with a uh, an article that was on NHL.com <clears throat> and it's it's solely about Nathan McKinnon. I don't want to go into too much detail about what the article was because if you're a follower of the team, even a follower of the show, um, it was really it was nothing new. It's just kind of lauding him and how amazing he is, which we talk we gush over him pretty much on a daily basis, being Avalanche fans. Uh, people maybe outside of that uh, uh, town or out of that demographic who don't really follow the Avalanche as much might not know kind of how amazing he is. So it was good that NHL.com did a feature on him. But the thing that stood out to me was right in the very first two or three paragraphs. It starts off by kind of telling you how competitive Nathan McKinnon is and to to kind of drive that home. They talk about his golf game and how he readily admits that he was terrible at golf. Um, they asked him what his handicap was, and he, he I, it sounds like he was one of those players where you didn't really keep score for him. You just kind of—he was there for along for the ride, drove the cart, drank some beer, um, and just had a good time, which is fine when you want to play golf. Um, but sometimes it can get frustrating when you can't keep up, and the number that he put on it was about. For 18 holes, he would shoot maybe shooting 120, 130. So, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I I'm an avid golfer. Um, I'm by no stretch of the means a professional, but I think if you had to put a handicap on me, I would say I do bogey golf. So I'd say I'm I'm probably like an 18 handicap. Um, n- He was unhappy about that. He didn't like the fact that he was not good at golf uh maybe he just thought he was embarrassing himself maybe he just wanted to keep up with the guys he was playing with but he went out bought himself customized clubs hired a swing coach and really started working on his game and now um he is down to what he says is probably a 5 that's incredible a handicap of 5 for someone a couple years ago who was shooting 120 130 um, and wanted to get better at it in a in a what seems like a couple years got that handicap down to 5 if that doesn't show you the mentality of the drive that this guy has i don't know what will because golf is one of those games that you never ever master you can go out one day and you can shoot fantastic and the next week that you're playing, you're you're driving to that golf course. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. And after the first hole, you realize today's not my day. Uh, that could be the week later. That could be the next day. It's And that's what drives people back and back and back to golf is because you think you have it down and most of the time you don't. <laughs> you have those really good rounds and then the next time it's just blown up in your face. So for him to really not be... Uh, accepting of that, and go to those lengths to perfect his game, like I said, just speaks volumes about what he wants to do and how he wants to perfect everything in his competitive nature. So um, the the article goes on to really, it's a, it's a good article, um, really goes on to talk about how he was at a crossroads in his career When after his rookie season and he won the rookie of the year and uh, the the couple years after that had had decent seasons, but I think people were expecting more of him. And obviously he was expecting more of himself and he, he really needed to kind of dig deep and say like, okay, am I going, am I just going to let loose? Am I just going to, those plays that we see now when he just explodes out of a cannon, um, he didn't do that all that much. We knew he had the speed. But now that he's just he's gotten older, he's filled out. Um, he really kind of just laid it out on the line, and it was like, "All right, now now or never," and it was now. And he just turned on turned on that switch and turned on those afterburners, and it's and it's never been the same since. Peter McNabb is quoted a bunch in the um, the article, the announcer for the uh, the play by play announcer. Um, and he said, I really didn't think anybody would catch Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg in terms of, you know, points and just what they meant to the Colorado Avalanche. Um, and he's like, he is there. And he is there. He he is that type of superstar. And um, hopefully he he can remain with this team for a very long time. And if he does, I don't see any reason why he couldn't surpass every Avalanche player that's ever played as the the, the best player the franchise has ever had. Um, it's really easy to talk about him, and, I, and I, I try not to do it night in and night out. I think I do a pretty good job of not just gloating about him. Um, but when you have a player like this, every once in a while you have to, uh, because it's rare. <laughs> um, if you want to go on the Broncos side of things, like... He's, I feel like he's tailing off a little bit now. But you know Von Miller, when, when they won that Super Bowl 50, he, he was the greatest player, defender anyway, in the league. And you have to take those moments and really appreciate them and not just let them sit around and uh, let them pass by. So we have what I'll say is the best player in the league. Uh, we don't apologize for it. And like I said, you got to talk about him because it's just – you're in awe when you watch him, and when you read an article like this, uh, just go to NHL.com. It was up Sunday afternoon; they put it up. Uh, when you read an article like this, you just appreciate him that much more. And the thing that I love about Nathan McKinnon is he's not in trouble. He doesn't. He's not a. He's not a problem child off the ice. I played. Uh, I. I mentioned that TMZ video where he's like, uh, you know, don't put me on TMZ. Nobody knows me. Like that's his mentality. That that's just the, the way he is. He's he's not out for the spotlight. He wants to play hockey. He wants to win Stanley Cups. He wants to win for this team, which is huge. He he doesn't talk about well, I shouldn't I was gonna say he doesn't talk about like uh, what's what's coming next for him. He with the exception of that one time where he talked about his contract, where he said I will play for less more uh, less money. Uh, he he's just business. He's all business. And you can see it when he plays. Um, he takes over games unlike anybody that I've, I've really seen in a very, very long time. Um, and now there's some pressure on his shoulders right now to really kind of turn this thing around. Uh, and I have every reason to believe that they will. Uh, but, yeah, they're going through a little funk right now. So when this happens, people turn to your captain uh, and your superstar. And they happen to be two different people on this team anyway. Um and I would say they're turning more to Nathan McKinnon than they are at Landeskog. Maybe the team is turning to Landeskog as the captain, but I think the fans are turning to Nathan McKinnon saying, get us through this. You know, the weight is on your shoulders now. You got to get us through this. Um, and like I said, in reading an article like this, to get your handicap down in golf to from shooting one twenty, one thirty, which is a What? 45 handicap, maybe, (laughs) Uh, 40 handicap to five, uh, the golf game translates to life. If you can control yourself on the golf course, uh, you're a competitor. And Nathan McKinnon is the consummate competitor.
2: My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day.
0: Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Engstad. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, so it was an off day for the Avalanche. Three days in a row off um, after that Friday game against Pittsburgh. Uh, and in a minute, we're going to preview the Stars game, which is Tuesday night. Uh, but the Avalanche did practice today, and some interesting lines that came out of practice. And I know it's just practice, um, but your first line for the practice lines were your you know your MGM line as the first line. Your second line was Nechuskin. Kadri, and Barbario. Yeah. Um, Third line, Jost, Comfort and Kamenev. Uh, And your fourth line, Nieto, Belmar, Calvert. So people are kind of up in arms about Barbario being on the second line. It's a practice line. Uh, I'm not reading too much into it. Burkowski didn't play or didn't practice. Apparently just because he was sick. So I don't know the extent of his sickness. I don't know if he just had a cold or... He's got the flu or what the hell he's got, but um, Coach Bednar did not say if he would be playing tomorrow. He didn't say anything about it other than he was just sick. He he just said he didn't practice because he was sick. But he didn't go on to say, you know, he's so sick he won't play tomorrow. So I would have to believe he's going to be back uh, probably in on that second line tomorrow. Uh will probably be moved down from that second line. I can't imagine he would be up on the second. I could see him going up to the third for some reason if they were going to move him, but going all the way up to the second line I think is a stretch. Um, and he did talk about uh, Jonas Donskoy saying he did skate for an extended amount of time. He past couple of days he had been skating for about 20 minutes each and he upped that to a half hour. Um, I, I do not see him playing against Dallas whatsoever. But just for him to be out on the ice is a positive. Um, Yeah, I've said it on this show a few times. I really thought he was going to be out for a good amount of time. Uh, It was a a second scary hit that he has taken. So you you just wonder with guys like that, you know, once you get a concussion, you're more susceptible to it. So he's got two of them. And in, in this year, what, maybe a little bit over a month apart? It's not good. <laughs> it's just not, it's just not good. So we'll we'll have to watch him. We'll see how they go for the rest of the week with him. Um, but like I said, everybody's kind of throwing their hands up in the air about the Barbario thing. But I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's practice. Um, after practice was over, and some uh, interviews at the in the locker room, uh, one with Nathan McKinnon which we're going to get to here in a minute, and then. Uh, coach bednar kind of talked about a few things I'm not going to play his entire press conference but the beginning part of it was pretty good talking about the goaltending and uh grubauer in particular so uh we'll get to landeskog first come back from that and then hear from coach
3: bednar some periods you don't play as well and but still, through those tough times, you got to find ways to, to scrape points together, and I uh, haven't been doing that lately, so we've we got to step up and, and start winning hockey games. It's as simple as that. Uh, it's good that, that we are healthy, basically, except for Willie. Um, but, I mean, we we really like what we have in this locker room. We really like our team, and, um, you know, we're we're trying our best, and um, it's just a matter of, of making sure that we get that first one and get going after that. Can you put your finger on why you guys haven't been well, there's different things every night there's you know there's there's things that that we need to improve on no doubt uh, some nights a special team some nights is our defensive game and some nights we're not scoring goals we are running in a hot goaltender like in uh, in long island and play at barley so um but every team goes through this listen you guys know me long enough and you guys have seen me long enough and heard me answer these questions that at some point in the season is going to come to a tough stretch where where you've got to find things and, and uh and, and fight through a tough time. that's really what it is, and, and every team goes through it, and we'd rather go through it right now than than in April, so uh, we're just trying to deal with it.
1: all right, yeah, so a, a much different tone than the uh clip I played last week uh, when Captain Gabriel Landeskog was asked about the third period issues. I uh, wasn't too happy about it when the reporter asked him. About them after the game, and you know he's had a couple days to kind of come down from that and settle down a little bit and a much more uh, in line answer with uh, with that one. So, but that's the thing. Like this is going to be asked of these guys until they correct it, until they prove that you know the third period is no longer an issue and and they've gotten to the point where it's it's not going to be just one game. You know if they in this Dallas game Tuesday night if they have a third period lead and hold on to it or if they they do the, do the opposite because they're giving up third period leads and they're not coming back if they're down in the third period so if they do either one of those things it doesn't just wipe all of this away it's like oh hey that's a good start and let's build on it so unfortunately that's that's where the microscope is going to be for this team for a little while now not just the next few games and if they correct it. Um, so I think he knows and the team knows they're going to get asked this question because they haven't proved themselves, um, in the third period. So, uh, we'll see. Like he said, he likes the team. We like the team. The team is, is in a good spot. Uh, and like he said, every team goes through this. So what, what are you going to do? The earlier you can break this cycle, obviously the better. So let's see if they can do it, uh, against Dallas. Uh, I'll play the Coach Bednar clip here. Um, and, yeah, he gets into, like I said, some goalie stuff with with uh, Grubauer. So here is Bednar's uh, modified
4: version of his press conference. What's the with Andre Burkowski? He was sick this morning. Yeah, he's just under the weather. Jared,
2: uh, Grubauer's stats, his GA SP is not great. Um, it wasn't great last year in the regular season either, and then he got really hot. He was a big part of this team. Yeah, do you expect that to perhaps happen
4: again? Yeah, I do. I think we've seen you know great goaltending from both of our guys. I got a lot of confidence in both of our guys, and I would say recently maybe their play hasn't been as good, but it's no different than any other player you know or our team as a whole here recently. So one of the ways you get out of you know, a little funk like we're in is to be able to get some great individual performances, and we will start with our goaltending, and 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 we need you know better from certain guys up front and certain guys in the decor, and we got to try to put together a, a full game of, of good performances, kind of break out of this thing and move on from there, and try to repeat it. Staying in that same vein, we talk so much about trust. I mean, how much of that trust did Philip build last year with what he did, and how much is that carried over into this year as he's trying to find his game? A lot, yeah, I'd say a lot, um because it wasn't just like a small window of games for him, you know it's something that he built that trust over the course of the season and and how he finished the season and went into the playoffs at the most important time of the year. He came out at the start of this season and played the played the exact same way in my opinion, and gave us a chance to win every night as did as did Frankie, so um the the wins and losses aren't aren't on our goaltending alone it's again it's it's a bunch of different areas as our game we sort of plug one hole and another one pops up and we're just fighting to try and uh, improve in those areas and then continue to not like learn from them and make sure we're not making the same mistakes that are costing us hockey games which has kind of popped up a little bit here lately with our rush coverage so we're working on it we've addressed it We'll be better at it, and now we got to go find a way to, to improve a little bit on the offensive side of things 5-on-5, five five, both as individuals and as a team. So we've been working on that here today, and you know, there's some, some good areas of our game that improved here lately that will give us a chance to win, like our power play. It's running, I think it's 30% over the last seven games or six games. So that's a step forward it'll give us an opportunity to win some hockey games and we just keep you know pushing it forward and trying to get a, a great performance out of our whole group staying what you with rush coverage i mean for you how would you describe what you saw what, it like? and for you, what would be the ideal situation in terms of what would be perfect or ideal rush coverage yeah well so we have a, a you know probably a couple dozen instances of it. the last game where it was great You know, I thought our D gaps were outstanding, especially through the first period. I don't think we gave up a rush opportunity through the first 35 minutes of the game because of our gaps and our tracking, the work our forwards are doing, the communication. And it's that pursuit and relentlessness on the puck and the gaps from your D that kind of set it all up. It's forwards and, and D being connected. And then there comes a time where things will look a little abnormal and we need a little bit of communication. So... There's a, there's all kinds of positive, uh, um, you know, examples of it in the game, but you know we also have had a couple late in games where we haven't been as good at it, and they found the back of the net. And in some of those instances, I think is when you want to, your goalie to make a save, and we just haven't been getting some of those timely saves here recently. Um, again, it's it's no different than any other player on our team or parts of the system that that we're playing. We just haven't been airtight lately.
1: So I I just love his answer in the beginning uh that very that very first part of his uh press conference when he was asked about uh Grubauer and do you expect him to play better and it wasn't like well yeah you know I I think he's playing well in spots and it just wasn't this canned answer His response was, yeah, I do. (laughs) I expect him to play better. And that's what I like about Jared Bednar. He just calls it like it is. He doesn't beat around the bush. Um, His goalie needs to play better. And he's expecting him to play better. And that's exactly what I said in yesterday's uh, episode. This is not time to have a fire sale and panic and get rid of everybody. You have two capable goaltenders who just aren't playing as, as well as they should be. And like he said it needs to start with individual performances. And you know you're going to get it out of Nathan McKinnon. Um, and, and, and you know, Miko Rantanen has been up and down. He's been more up than down. But uh, something like that, something like, you know, him having like a five-point game. Or maybe Tyson Jost breaking out of this year-long slump he's been in. Um, you need those those individual performances And when you get it out of the goaltender, that reverberates through the entire team. Uh, People are expecting it out of Nathan McKinnon. They're expecting it out of that entire first line. So if you get it out of anywhere else, like if Nachuskin, like when when he kind of started scoring, seemed like on a daily basis, um, stuff like that, stuff like that needs to happen. And it doesn't seem like it's happening um, at a good enough pace outside of Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, guys like that. Those are your stars. That's who you expect it from. So, um, yeah, and and, and the, the goaltender ha- it is that presence of when you put up a good game, everybody else kind of takes notice of that and says, we got to step up our game too. So, uh, again, it could happen at any point. And let's just hope it happens sooner rather than later. Sooner as in tonight against Dallas. Let's do that. Speaking of the Dallas game, let's kind of dive into some numbers here. Um, what the Stars have been doing lately, which is winning. Uh, they, they did lose, <laughs> I say that, uh, their last game against the Sharks. They lost that 2-1, to one, kind of a bad loss for them. But prior to that, they had won six in a row. Um yeah they're kind of getting on a winning track so much so they've taken over uh Colorado in the standings by a point. So they are 26-15 and 4 totals of 56 points, obviously one more than Colorado. So Colorado needs that regulation win to leapfrog them. And how does Dallas do it? They do it with defense. They allow 2.33 goals against per game. That is best in the league. Now, goals four, they're at 2.64, which is the upper half, um, but the lower end of the upper half, if that makes any sense. Um, So they don't wow you, which is odd because they do have some offensive scores on this team. Uh, But they're doing it more with defense than they are with offense. Um, Where are we here? So Tyler Sagan still leads them in overall points with 35. Really no surprise there. Um, This guy hints. Didn't he? I I feel like he just took it to Colorado last time they played. I think he had a couple goals last time they played. He actually leads them in goals with 15. Um, And I don't know if you pronounce his first name Rope or Roop. Rupee, <laughs> but I remember him playing like the, the last game against Colorado, and he looked really, really good. So uh, he leads them in goals with 15. Sagan leads them with assists in 24. Uh, Corey Perry leads them in penalty minutes with 36. And plus minus, if you care about that stat, is Alexander Radulov leads them at a plus 13. Not bad. And just the eye test with their, uh, you know, the roster and their points, they're a well balanced team so and it shows in the standings and how they've been playing lately like i said goals for and goals against that that that's where that's where this game is going to get interesting because dallas obviously has a very good defense and it shows in their goals against colorado obviously has a very good offense and that shows shows in their goals for um and special teams is also where you have to pay attention because dallas has a very Good penalty kill. It is fourth best in the league at eighty three point six percent. And oddly enough, San Jose is the best penalty penalty kill in the league. I did not know that till I'm just looking at these stats by a wide margin too. That's pretty amazing. Anyway, um, on the other, on the flip side, on uh, you know the, the the percentage of power play, they are kind of you know, upper, not upper echelon, upper half again, about 20% of the time they score in the power play. So a a good power play, not a great power play team, um, but a very good penalty-killing team. So when you have a team that's great at penalty-killing, when you have a team that gives up the fewest amount of goals, you're going to struggle to score. And normally scoring, obviously, like we know, is not... Uh, issue for the avalanche against the islanders. It was but that's an anomaly um, So that that's where we're gonna watch this is is Can the abs get on the board early? I think the longer this game goes and the abs are struggling to score I think they will continue to struggle to score because if you get uh, a team that's feeling it defensively and they haven't given up anything and they're just gonna get more and more confident And and the Dallas Stars are that team that relies on their defense. And if they can shut out, if you're shutting out a team like Colorado, just look at what the Islanders did. The longer that game went on and they hadn't given up a goal, you could see just their confidence building, like, we're going to shut this team out. And they did. Um, Controversial, but they did. So Dallas is in that same boat. So we'll see how this goes. I think this is going to be a very, very tight game. You cannot give up that first goal in this game, especially if you're on home ice. The way that they've been playing, uh, the first goal is huge in this game. So please, I don't want to see that first minute uh, surrendered goal. I I, I might not have a television if that happens. Uh, I don't want to think about it. So, all right. Yeah, that's gonna be it for now, guys. So uh, let's enjoy this game. Let's get a win, please. Go, abs, go. Here's Jovi.
4: Go, abs, go.